of what I can only describe as crippling social anxiety. And it has affected me a great deal in my life, mainly because I pretended or tried to convince myself that I didn't have it, that it wasn't that bad. And I think that I learned how to behave in a way that other people who saw me in social situations also thought it wasn't that bad. But when I am in social situations, especially when they're new and I don't know the people very well, I haven't broken the ice, which is very hard for me to do. I am in pain. Um, I'm highly overstimulated and I kind of feel like I'm drowning most of the time. So unfortunately, this is not a video about how I, how I have overcome social anxiety, but rather how I have learned to live with it and what I'm doing now. So although my subscriber count has been rapidly going down ever since I came back on YouTube, which only makes sense when you leave for years at a time, of course, people are gonna peace out as soon as you come back. I hold no ill will against anyone. But although I have found what is to me really great success on YouTube, one of my greatest struggles with it is that I have connected with people online a lot a lot of people and the tens of thousands of people online in my online life but in reality in my offline life i connect with very very few people and it's not because the people around me are bad people they're fun people they're kind people they're interesting people but i have had a very hard time figuring out how to connect with most of them i have a lot of imposter syndrome when it came to YouTube, pretty much the whole time I still kind of struggle with it because I didn't understand why people online liked what I was saying. They thought that I had a message to share and that motivated me to keep sharing. I found a voice on YouTube that I had never found before and you all watched me find it. Of course I've been wrong about things, but I've been right about a few things too. And that's a cool feeling when you don't feel like anyone has really paid attention to the words that you have said or the messages that you've had previously. So it kind of made me feel like a fraud, like as if who I was being online wasn't genuinely who I was. I thought, okay, if I honestly have good things to say, if my message is true or, or, or even just relatable, why aren't people in real life relating to me? Um, I've, I've always, just always, always struggled to relate and connect. And I felt like I was maybe a fake online. And so that was part of the reason I took down my videos. There are many reasons, but part of it was that I wanted to feel genuine and authentic. And I felt like maybe who I was online wasn't really who I was because my, in my real life, people didn't value me the way I, I was valued on YouTube. But it wasn't always this way, and this is how it all started. I grew up um, going to a private school, very privileged, and I'm well aware of that, although I would never recommend this private school to anyone these days. I will refrain from saying where it is in Lexington, Kentucky, the smallest Christian school there is in the city. I had really good friends in the school. Um, they were the same 11 buddies from kindergarten until my social anxiety really started to manifest. Um, you know, one student might leave one year and another one would come in, but for the most part, we were a really small, connected social group of kiddos. And 
I, they were my same friends from kindergarten until I left the school in eighth grade. I have really, really fond memories of these kids. I could name off all of them right now, and two or three of them I'm still really close friends with today. But around late elementary school, early middle school, things really started to change. Um, my friends were kind of figuring out who they were and their personalities were developing. And keep in mind, I didn't have words for any of this in, when I was that age. I just knew that they were all changing and I didn't understand it. And I wasn't changing in that same way. But their personalities were developing and they were hanging out more outside of school. And, and when they were, I definitely enjoyed it. I laughed and I had fun, but I also was enjoying it less than everybody else. Um, I was very, very easily overstimulated at the time. I remember at my friend Anna's birthday party, there was a, what are those things called? A pinata. And you know, you, everybody beats the pinata and when it explodes, it's just every, all the kids go and get as much candy as they can. And I just had this really vivid memory of seeing it and like not wanting to get into that mess. I was like, there's no way I am not doing that. And it was just too much. It was way too much, but I didn't even have those words. I didn't know it was too much. I just wasn't jumping in. And that kind of sums up my social experiences ever since then. I don't have fun at parties, especially if I don't know people there. And this is beyond just like, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. I work my absolute hardest to connect with people and it just doesn't really work. Um, people are very kind and, and I can try to have small talk with people, but I, I'm really, really bad at small talk. I will go deep all day. I don't know if you all have noticed that, but that's like just where I hang out in the deep end. That doesn't mean that I'm better than anyone. Like I'm not gonna have surface level conversations with people. I wish I could have better surface level conversations, but it just doesn't work. Oh, and it's really, really hard to reconcile. It doesn't mean I don't try. I do try. And to the people around me, I think that they think I'm doing just fine, but I'm so uncomfortable and I am hyper aware of the facial expressions and people being uninterested a little bit earlier if I start talking too much because I do that, I talk too much. Um, or I don't talk at all. If I am afraid that someone isn't interested, if I'm picking up cues that like, this is just gonna be small talk, I am not very good at that. So I might say a few things, but then I'm not gonna talk at all. It's all very self-preservation minded. It's been how I engage with people ever since early elementary school, and it just hasn't changed. That experience has never been any different, no matter how hard I've tried to make it change. And that's still where I am today. So this is what I have been doing in order to try and improve my situation and connect with people. And also what I'm doing just for myself, accepting that this is just how I experience social situations and I may actually never get over it. Now, the biggest thing is therapy. You will know I go to therapy and I highly, highly suggest that people go to therapy or coaching of some kind because it makes a big difference. Cognitive behavioral therapy is usually what kind of thing my therapist is doing to help me realize what's going on, the problems and struggles I'm having socially. Cognitive behavioral therapy basically just helps you identify what thoughts you're having that aren't necessarily true, that then make you behave in a way that is something, a way that you don't like. 
So I know for me, I've really had to work through thinking, oh, they don't like me, so I'm not gonna try to open up. That's not true. Plenty of people like plenty of people. Most people are warm to strangers in social settings. Um, and so I've really had to realize if somebody is behaving in a certain way, it doesn't mean that they don't like me. It just means they might not wanna talk to me and that's okay. Um, again, going back to the uh, surface level conversations, I'm just not good at them and, and I practice, but that, that, that's not a judgment on somebody else and their interaction with me. And then also in therapy, it's just a good way to express your sadness and your pain to somebody who is not necessarily invested in your specific social relationships. When I share with my friends and family, um, similarly to the experience that I had with my binge eating disorder, I think people just don't see that I struggle as much as I do. I know people get frustrated, um, especially my close friends, when I'm in social situations and I kind of just clam up. Um, it's hard, like when you're, when everybody else is so happy and you have friends who are basically the life of the party, which is basically all of my friends, when you are just clamming up, it, it kind of like, dampers the mood and then it just kind of escalates from there into um, sometimes just general sadness insecurity and depression so to have a therapist that i can express the pain and the sadness and the specific experiences i'm struggling with to be able to talk to a third party who is not specifically invested they can look at it um, kind of in an unbiased way and ask me questions and help me figure out what the problem actually was or if there even was a problem at all which a lot of the time there's not it just was what it was and it was uncomfortable but there wasn't necessarily a problem so therapy has helped telling friends and family that i am insecure like i just mentioned before that i'm insecure in social situations has not been very helpful i am glad that i tell them and they're all very kind about it, but their response is usually, oh my goodness, Carrie, you're overthinking this. It's not that bad. Now, I am very, very happy to know that perspective. So again, I'm glad that I said it, but it is that bad. It is sometimes emotionally painful for me to be in social situations and I can try to calm down and I can take deep breaths and I can pay attention and just do my best but it can still be really 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 uncomfortable even if i have learned how to navigate social situations in a way that it looks like i'm not struggling so i've had to validate this for myself quite a bit especially recently realizing i have really really wonderful friends in my life who are extremely extroverted and they just know how to work a room and they're so fun to be around my partner is one of them my best friend is another and and it's just so they're fun to be around and they're admiring to see um but i'm just not like that and so yeah i've just had to you know come to terms with that and 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 accept it and realize that it's okay if other people don't understand it just accepting it for myself and validating that discomfort in myself makes it a little bit better and probably the biggest thing i've started doing is i just say no to most social events now I don't say no to going to social events for my kids at school because I really, really love my kids and I know how much, I remember how much I loved having my parents come to social gatherings that we had, you know, whether it was a play or a special holiday lunch or, you know, any type of school event. I love my daughter who is in school 
way more than I am uncomfortable with the chaos of school events, uh, so I go to those. But pretty much any other social event um, that I don't have a really, really good reason to be at, I don't go to anymore. And that's been kind of hard uh, to reconcile even in my relationship with my partner. Um, he's making a lot of new friends and he is going to a lot more social engagements and he is definitely an extrovert. Um, he lost his hearing and people couldn't communicate with him for years and years and years. And since getting his cochlear implant and being able to communicate again, he is just really leaning into his social relationships a lot more. And um, we've come to a really good understanding that he needs that and I'm happy for him to have that. And I also struggle in those situations. So sometimes I, or most of the time, I don't go. I have taken the expectation for myself off the table that I need to be social. Um, I instead really spend time nurturing the relationships that I have that are deep, who know me, know my complexities, how hard it can be for me to have small talk, um, how deep I go all the time, how much I talk. They don't love me despite these things, they love me because of these things. And I've really chosen to lean in and nurture those relationships as much as I possibly can. And I'm still open to making new friends. Um, in fact, I in the last week, I've had coffee with new people. It felt like a blind date and I was super awkward, but well, we ended up having like really deep conversations. So I was pretty much in my element there, but I, I make new friends, even if they might not be best friends, I might not ever see these two people again, but we connected and I think that that is important. So although I do think that connecting with strangers and being social is important and I really wanna do it, I no longer force it. If it happens, it happens naturally, and I don't go out of my way to try and make it happen anymore. That has given me a lot of relief, and probably the most relief. I still talk to my therapist about it. I still talk to my friends and family about it. I still go to social situations that I'm not necessarily excited to go into, um, and I'm still very uncomfortable in them. But I'm still showing up, and that's so much of life. I'm just becoming far more comfortable with the fact that I have social anxiety and it is to the point that it is crippling. In fact, I actually voiced that to someone for the first time, a stranger, um, who was asking why I didn't come to an event with my husband or multiple events that he goes to that I had mentioned previously. I told her, you know, I, I have I really have very, very deep and intense social anxiety and so it, it just makes me really uncomfortable. And so I want to come and I may come one day, but it's not going to be today. I'm really proud of myself for having that conversation. I felt really silly and kind of childish and a little bit embarrassed, but it's because I was accepting that very tender part of myself and then sharing it with someone who I didn't know how they were going to react. But that's life and I'm finding that when I accept these parts of me that I've tried desperately to change for years and realize, you know what, it's probably not going to change and it's not hurting anyone and it's not hurting yourself, maybe it's just how you operate. So much peace comes with that, and so, so much relief comes from that. I am relieving myself because I can take an expectation off of myself that I was trying to meet my whole life. I can share that expectation with other people. They don't always like it, and sometimes it actually makes for arguments, which is unfortunate, but when people don't understand um, what you're actually experiencing on a physical level, 
in social situations, there's no way for them to understand unless they go research it for themselves. And unfortunately, we just don't research what we're not interested in. And that's reality. I don't have that expectation for people in my life anymore either. Sounds really sad, but like I said, my people are really, really good people and I'm extremely lucky to have them. And, and no one's trying to upset me or being lazy. It's just kind of the nature of humanity. So that's all I'm gonna say about my social anxiety today. Um, if you experience social anxiety, definitely let me know what has helped you and uh, what things haven't helped too. It's always really good to see what we've tried and, and learn from our trial and error and then share it with other people. That's what all of this is about. Let's all tell our stories. We learn so much when we tell our stories and we're unafraid of our shame and our pain. And, and honestly, telling stories is the way to get rid of the shame because shame is not a helpful emotion. I'm gonna mention Brene Brown again. If you haven't watched her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, you should. Shame is bad. I'm waging a war on shame. That's what this is all about. Thank you all so much for watching. Please subscribe to my channel if you like this. Share it if it's something that you've related to and could help somebody else. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already. And follow me on Instagram. All those links are in the description. And I will see you tomorrow.